Hey, we are back after a month and a half of our uh, little break before the holiday season starts. And um hope you all enjoyed our recast episodes which we published over the past few weeks and today we are going to continue the series talking about the colonialism in India and we have a very special episode today. Do you want to tell them why? another episode of Right Run Geek and uh, today we're going to talk about the father of our nation Mahatma Gandhi. So the colonialism in India series has been our longest running series. Um we have already completed 10 episodes and this is going to be the 11th and one of the most crucial or important episodes because we are going to be talking about mahatma gandhi the mm. father of our nation and uh, yeah so how has it been yeah, it was amazing <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's get into today's topic but uh, one thing is that um, i think we should probably congratulate ourselves because we have never <laughs> been so committed to a series ever before yeah. um this is this has been long running and i think well received as well right people have uh, given our listeners have given great feedback about it uh one of the interesting things that i heard from uh, heard was that it is helping their kids to learn history that was one of the biggest compliments i've heard about this channel okay now now i'm you know <laughs> little worried because i wish i had checked all the sources properly <laughs> <laughs> that i have i have i have i have if you look at the episode notes you know show notes you'll find that all the sources are uh, clearly mentioned underneath and so, also yeah. in case you find any discrepancy or uh, you feel that we have mentioned something incorrectly please feel free to reach out to us and uh, please let us know because we are learning as we go as well right this is this is the journey that we are sharing with you guys and uh, you know hope we all just have fun So getting back to Mahatma Gandhi he was born on uh, the tw- 2nd of October 1869 which I'm pretty sure we all should know right and yeah, uh, holiday, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh that's why we all know right yeah and uh, uh, he was born in uh, Porbandar Gujarat he was the son of uh, Putli Bai and uh, uh Karamchand Gandhi who was the diwan of Porbandar so born into a well to do family right uh actually even though uh, Karamchand Gandhi was uh diwan they were not that well to do mm. because even if you have a lot of wealth uh, and but if you have a lot of kids right mm. it's going to be a tough childhood but yeah he had a very normal childhood like um, he was an average student uh, used to be uh, you know uh, get you know prizes now and then like a lot like us if you <laughs> get into it did we he start were, a podcast later <laughs> see if we had the technology i'm pretty sure he yeah. would have started a podcast on really satyagraha non violence so um, yeah he had a normal childhood um, and uh, he actually wanted to be a doctor mm-hmm. but the issue was that uh, he was born into a vaishnava family mm-hmm. and they were against uh, vivisection which is a process of you know cutting animals oh. you know conducting surgeries and stuff right and if you want to learn uh, to be a doctor you have to the first thing you have to do is like cut a frog like that, into yeah. pieces i remember this used to happen in our school in biology lab the cutting up mice mice and all that i've never done it but i've seen some biology students do it but i think by the time we were they stopped uh, it right we were uh, 
in 11th and 12th mm-hmm. i think they had stopped it even our batch never our had batch it. didn't have it yeah so uh, that's what he wanted to do but uh, because of this issue he couldn't do it then oh, the i was not aware of this actually vaishnavas were against cutting and all that surgery and stuff so in case someone needs medical help and he needs to have a surgery they'll not allow it that's what i've heard okay. which is a little shady thing but yeah i mean there are other things practiced even today in certain other communities where you know things like blood transfusion and all is uh, i exactly know yeah. who you're talking about Cons- but let's consider, not <laughs> consider delve into it because cool. yeah so so the second best thing that he could do was to be a barrister a lawyer because that would uh, help him fetch a good post mm. in the government because mm. his dad is already the diwan so probably he could have got into some uh, post like that and um yeah so that's what he wanted to do and uh, after passing high school with a lot of difficulty i thought you were about <laughs> to say with flying colors no 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 he was an average student i i won't say a lot of difficulty but yeah difficulty in sense in the sense of uh, uh, you know academics or financial financial and okay. academically and he got an opportunity to go to england and learn law and he joined inner temple which was one of the four uh, law colleges in london back then and uh, that's where his whole personality kind of shaped shaped up because till then he was not much into reading mm-hmm. then he started exploring a lot of things uh, including reading bhagavad gita quran uh, bible and started exploring a variety of things but one thing that uh, really shaped him was uh, his ideals of being a vegetarian mm-hmm. you would have known like uh, he had experimented with meat and right. things uh, while he was a teenager i specifically remember one instance where he mentions in his uh, book my experiments with truth right i i think i read it when i was in school so he and one of his cousin i think elder cousin who was in who who ne- who was a non vegetarian and he used to drink and smoke up and what not so they went to a place and had mutton or chicken mutton i think mutton I mutton think. meat uh, they had mutton and he had such difficulty sleeping at night because all he could hear is uh you know uh, what do you call it uh, goat. goat baby goat crying out of his stomach something like that he had real big difficulty in sleeping or something that that instance is what i remember yeah and the reason why they ate goat meat was like because he wanted become to become strong, strong and yeah. drive the british away from india correct correct so he so, had that intention of uh, you know india being an independent country and driving driving british i think one of his uncles or someone told him that you need to be powerful enough to yeah, do that yeah yeah so he took it literally and then yeah so when he moved to england he had promised his mother that he'll never eat hmm. non veg but the thing was like in a in a cold country right sometimes it's not that easy to like you know survive with vegetarian food because they don't have any vegetarian yeah. places many vegetarian places there and uh, he did have egg a few times but then he was like you know what i don't want to mess up anymore and he was very yeah. uncomfortable with that yeah and he found a vegetarian restaurant there and then um, he was part of the vegetarian society in london mm. and uh, which would he, have been very small in number yeah to be honest at that uh, yeah at that time it was very small and uh, he became a prominent member writing journals you know newspaper articles and all that for uh, the 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 community of vegetarians and uh, that kind of shaped up his personality because he never never said yes to meat again hmm. then once uh, he completed his law degree the issue was that he was not good at public speaking mm-hmm. and if you are a lawyer <laughs> the one yeah. talent that you should have is to like speak in front of a lot of people 
so coming back to india he was not able to hold a proper post as a lawyer and one of the cases that he took took up he screwed it up because of his own uh, shyness and you know inability to speak in front of people that is really interesting right look at where he was and where he ended up being towards the end so that makes you realize he was just a normal person like mm-hmm. us who uh, because of circumstances turned out to be who he is uh, known to be right yeah. and uh, he couldn't hold a proper job uh, even as a lawyer or as you know a subord- subordinate work uh, at a court so this opportunity came up for him to go to south africa and uh, work there so till now mahatma gandhi he had never uh, you know um, went through an experience where he got to know how divided the society is when it comes to blacks and whites and indians and all that but a few experiences in south africa turned him around so the one you would know this one uh, which is like him being thrown out the of railway uh, station yeah, yeah. Uh, first class uh, train coach yeah. carriage because uh, he his skin skin yeah, color right he he is colored right so that experience really sparked up an interest in him to get to know more about uh, how things are so uh, while he was tra- traveling to pretoria mm. he uh, was thrown uh, thrown out by a by the tt or like whatever officer who yeah. checks the ticket saying that you know we have some gentleman coming here white gentleman even though you have a first class ticket you'll have to go so he said no you know what i have this ticket i'm not going so anywhere. they didn't they so, check during the when he got the ticket whether he's colored or black i have no i think idea. it might be that that person was racist yeah, or, yeah. you know yeah. it could be anything it's like that so uh, they threw him out and he survived through the night you know mm-hmm. shivering uh, and he just went through hell that time and that's when he was like you know we have to do something about this and uh, he dipped himself into the political scenario of south africa because south africa used to be a country it still is a country where you have a lot of indians mm. and there was this community of indians who were suffering all these things and slowly gandhi ji mahatma gandhi he uh, got into it uh, tried to help them uh, you know um, have their own rights so back then indians could vote you know in south africa in south africa the community if you are like uh, you know uh, been living there for a long time and become a citizen hmm. you could vote there so that was a big deal right and did he start this concept of satyagraha in south africa or he started it he there, started right? it in yeah. south africa and the thing was like till then gandhi ji never used to read newspapers properly you know or he was like us he he was yeah <laughs> we still don't read <laughs> it don't. yeah yeah so uh he never used to re- read newspapers and that's when he started reading newspapers and getting mm. to know what's happening across the world and he figured out you know all over the world the britishers they are like raining terror on right. colored people mm-hmm. so he started his satyagraha and uh, you know all the, all the revolting in peace so his idea was that you know what um you can get what you want through violence but it will be instilled through fear right yeah. and it won't have much of an impact but if you get something through non violence the impact will be long lasting and uh, that was his ideal and uh, he once he was done with his contract he came back to uh, gujarat and then uh, but by then he had been like politically very much involved in south africa so the community there they are called natal n a t a l the indian community they called him uh, they called him up saying that i don't know if they called him up but you, you get what i mean yeah. so they they uh, reached out to him saying that you know what these uh, this government they are coming up with a bill which will take out 
our right to vote the, okay the indian yeah. community right yeah vote. so hearing this he had to go back again and by then he was a prominent member so there was this mob waiting for him uh-huh. this was in 1895 mm-hmm. and he almost got lynched back then in south africa in south africa so uh, he was saved uh, by the people who were with him and even the british officers who were there they were like you know completely against whatever gandhi ji was doing mm-hmm. but uh, they kind of respected him for being the nonviolent person he is and for like the next 20 years he was there trying to better the situation for the colored people and in 1915 he came back with all the experience that he had uh, on december uh, 1914 he went to london first with his family then from there they came to india mm. so uh, the south african period was very significant but uh, if you look at it the thing was like uh, more than gandhi ji giving to south africa he is the one who learned learned a lot of yeah. things you know i think that is what he came back and applied in india yeah right? that's what happened but once he was back in india he just, you know didn't just uh, jump into mm. the bandwagon and became the leader he is known to be right now <coughs> so uh, 1915 he reached here he was doing little bit of political things you know uh, like it's not like very prominent things like champaran village mm. the indigo farmers he mm. helped them and all that but it was not until 1919 that he properly got into is is, is there an event which actually uh, inspired him to get started yeah, the same event which uh, inspired bhagat singh yeah jallianwala bag yeah, right? the jallianwala bag i specifically remember what he said about jallianwala bag he said this is the last nail in the british coffin um this was there in the history textbook of 10th standard hmm. is in 10th standard is when we learned about india's freedom struggle, yeah we right? did but by the time i reached 10th um, the textbook, uh, textbook it's either 8 or 8 standard or 10 standard yeah but i clearly I remember sure. that line i'm not sure i have been read mm-hmm. that so yeah um, that's what you know prompted him to get into indian politics and another incident was the raulath act of 1919 which stated that uh, the britishers will have the power to like imprison and mm. put people in trial without any reasons right. you know if they find someone to be a uh, you know doing something against the british government they can just lock him up hmm. and put him in jail well anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this this led him to you know join forces with indian national congress and then he started his first major movement which was a non cooperation movement sorry non corporation <laughs> non cooperation <laughs> movement <laughs> he is against the corporates <laughs> so non cooperation movement is simply put it's like you don't cooperate with you know some of the uh, things introduced by the government right and civil disobedience did it commit that's later? the next one so non cooperation movement was all about you know just uh, not cooperating with the british mm-hmm. government the but uh, doing it in a non violent non violent way right. like if you tell them you know i'm not going to do this job and if they beat you you are supposed yes. to be like you know if you beat beat me on the right side you should show your left i mean lit- not literally <laughs> but you're not supposed to hit them back that yeah, yeah the that's <laughs> that's the whole point so this became a huge thing but the thing is like when we look at history books the uh, now nowadays it's like you hear about all these things happening you know chronologically mm. like it's it happened over like you know 5 years of time right. you know mm. but the thing was like gandhi ji's political career in india spanned for more than 32 years right he came back to india in 1915 mm. so till 1948 he was here 
but if you look at it like if you were living during that time it was like you know you had like two years of exactly uh, big uh, revolting period then nothing, then for nothing happening for like yeah. a decade and then again things starting up yeah that is one thing with this you know um freedom struggle uh, and all those stories right so if we go by what history books say i mean of course they cannot have like 12 chapters of nothing happening yeah. and all that obviously they'll put things in chronological order and it seems like it was very dynamic and violent and you know things were happening left and right in india at that time but if you talk to elderly people i mean if you go back to that generation when our grandparents were alive right when you talk to them they seem to have had a very normal life that is because all these incidents which you are hearing about in these history books they didn't happen like every month or week after week or anything like that it was really scattered exactly so so there is this uh, you know five months of intense uh, political aggression going on at one side then like five years of peace where nothing is happening i'll give you an example it's like how our productivity works <laughs> for like two days we'll be like super productive churning out content and stuff <laughs> and then for the next five months we'll be like you know mom so it's like that like maybe after some 50 years if someone writes a biography <laughs> uh, our biography or something they'll be like you know what oh, these they guys were doing so many things that, they, they, this, uh, but then if you look at it from a day to day point of <laughs> most, view it'll be like most of the most time, of the time like... we'll be sleeping yeah so that's the thing like and that was one of the issues with this independence uh, independence movement the thing was like you know uh, there is activity for a few months and then things suddenly go off so people will go back to their normal self and mm. you know be vanilla for some time so uh, yeah the non cooperation movement it uh, started in 1920 and ended with the chauri chaura incident which was like some of the protesters they picketed a liquor shop and the cops came they started hitting them and they also burnt a police station yeah so right? they, they this happened in chauri chaura mm-hmm. and there was a police station there uh, and these protesters went and burned it down <laughs> and uh, i'm not sure how many casualties were there, yeah, there but i am supposed serious, to know but serious. i forgot so anyway that's a <laughs> yeah. that was a pretty serious issue and i think then gandhi ji really put an end to it because the whole point was to be non violent so he was actually not happy uh, midway through the movement because people were starting to become violent now and then because so imagine yourself to be in that position you are following the non cooperation movement and you're part of it then you have got beaten up like you know 10 times yeah. in the past 10 months and would you just sit in no i don't i do wouldn't anything? trust myself yeah. to be non violent to yeah. that extent see I, one of the things is this right i really appreciate people who can who were a part of this and who uh, came through on the other side being non violent till the end that is a, that requires immense patience which i don't think all of us might possess that's why he's known yeah. as mahatma right, right. so uh, yeah this he was not really happy through the uh, midway point and this incident just blew everything out of proportion and he said you know what i'm yeah. done with this and one of his policies was like you know uh, when there is a revolt happening we'll revolve for like 2 years 3 mm. years then we'll take a break and everything will be back to normal then again we'll start you know uh, doing this so he was he was a believer of you know having breaks in between mm. i don't get it but yeah no i, I the might the see i uh, yeah that seems like little odd right but i think the point is him being non violent so when you are continuously doing uh, this people end up losing patience and you know things can turn violent 
so a break will help people come back little to the normal life and then go back and you know do this all over again because i think somewhere he understood the what do you call it the the uh, human psychology as well it yeah, could yeah, be the it, reason it could be so but this incident didn't go down well with um, the people involved mm. in the independence movement because things were going well in their eyes but suddenly stopping it does not help right and the indian national congress and all it was in disarray because of what happened and uh, did gandhi ji become the president of indian national congress as yeah well? he 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 did uh, i d- i don't remember which year twice or thrice yeah, i yeah. think he see this indian national congress if you go back and listen to our episode on it it was just a you know christmas retreat where yeah, all yeah, the yeah. politicians uh, all the, the all the major leaders would go and chill out talk about stuff there was But nothing major happening because yeah, of that and gandhi ji was the one who came and turned this into a movement they were like so no <laughs> we have to do something about <laughs> it's this. not chai and yeah, biscuit yeah. <laughs> it's not a fancy party you are supposed <laughs> to like come here and do something for the people yeah so <laughs> yeah so he is the one who transformed indian yeah. national congress into what it was after you know uh, 19 i think he was a president in 1920 or 19 yeah some, some so after that uh, he, he is the one who transformed it after this chori chora incident gandhi ji was arrested and he was in put in prison for like i think the term was for 6 years but mm. he was released before that is that the is that when he wrote the yes. book yes yeah, yeah. because the book ends somewhere there yeah i i remember the last the second last chap- chapter of it being you know he was very unwell and <laughs> he talks about how he used to go to the washroom and it mm. used to be like yeah, yeah, yeah. mango pulp <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah he just descri- cut this out <laughs> he is very descriptive when it comes yeah. to all that yeah, stuff yeah so yeah i remember i you know before reading that book i thought it was it, it uh, had everything about the independence movement it up till act, 1947 exa- and to be honest right it's more about his internal struggles and his being him being a proper human being right yeah. he is very open about everything in his uh, in his life be it uh, he talks about child marriage he got married when he was very young be it you know sexual feelings and all that kind of stuff be it the feelings towards uh, you know people hatred that he has felt and all that kind of stuff he talks about everything very openly in that i he was very raw yeah, yeah, yeah. he was very raw i remember that because uh, i read this when i was in uh, say 8th or 9th grade mm. uh, like we had a fair in school where uh, they bought a lot of books they mm. sold books you were not there of course you had no, passed yeah. past uh, high school so yeah uh, so i read this book in malayalam <laughs> i also read yeah. the book in malayalam so maybe it's the maybe same, it's book. The same yeah, book yeah it's the same book so <laughs> i remember sitting and reading it in one stretch mm. and i was really impressed uh, so yeah that's when he wrote uh, my experience with the truth you know who else was uh, in prison during that time and wrote uh, another book well <laughs> does the book start with m yes <laughs> well <laughs> no similarities i'm just putting out the fact uh, yeah it was mind comp by uh, adolf hitler yeah so after the non cooperation movement things were quiet for till like 1930s if gandhi ji's policy was non violence the other person's policy was completely opposite and there was another person called charlie chaplin whose policy was completely different yeah <laughs> i don't know what it has to do with i think charlie aspect. chaplin and uh, hitler were born in the same year right yeah yeah and, 89 and uh, jawaharlal nehru as well yes 89 right? and he acted as you know another oh, fictionalized version of hitler in uh, the that movie great was called dicta- great dictator. Dic- dictator right great dictator was it yeah. a, a silent movie no no no, no it, it was, was his only i think his first non silent movie what mm. is a talkie but I, i but i think charlie chaplin and mahatma gandhi have met they have met many and, times yeah uh, 
the conversation they had was about technology and gandhi was opposed to it and charlie chaplin was like you know i i get what he means but mm-hmm. if we don't you know progress uh in the field of technology nothing will happen oh, and that is the last thing i would have expected them to have a conversation yeah and about. and after that he made the great dict- dictator and mm-hmm. a lot of new technologies w- were used in that movie so i think it's there in his wikipedia page charlie chaplin mm-hmm. can check it out so uh, in 1930 um the britishers they came up with new this new policy where the taxes of salt will be increased and you'll have to pay a lot more to get they came up with the interesting stuff right yeah so that resulted in a big uproar you know amongst the indian political uh, movement for independence and uh, gandhi ji he was like you know what we won't buy from them we'll make our own stuff <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's like you know I, i'm glad that he did purchase an rv uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so gandhi ji and uh, 78 of his trusted uh, associates they started marching from uh, sabarmati ashram and in 25 days they reached the the beach of dandi yeah and they started uh, making their own salt that is so, by evaporating so- uh, sea yeah, water in case uh, you don't know <laughs> no no one knew yeah i'm i'm sure <laughs> so yeah it was a very big deal for like mm-hmm. 25 days they used to walk for at least like an, on an average to be like you know 11 miles which translates mm. to probably like 17 18 kilometers a day and and see here's the thing right it doesn't it might not seem like much but when you're walking with a crowd of about 70 people that is a lot yeah right 384 kilometers in 25 days that is almost uh, you know going from here to mangalore i think yeah mm. and uh, even though there were only like 78 associates there were like people joining this movement in between as you said there were like thousands of people who were with them throughout mm. and it was highly tele- uh, televised you know news reels were there N- not in india i don't think we had television here right maybe in bbc or yeah. something so it gained a lot of attention and the britishers they were like you know we have to do something about it <laughs> again what would they do they arrested him yeah, yeah. so uh, <laughs> like there is something else they could and uh, this uh, led to the rise of civil disobedience movement where uh, they would again as non cooperation this one was more like you know they'd say no the the people who are in high positions mm-hmm. the indians who are in high position with the british government they would just you know resign and not do anything and uh, the britishers wanting to mend things uh, they uh, came up with this round table conference <laughs> is it arthur and his knights that kind of round table okay i don't know so, so um, there is a king arthur mythology uh, that came somewhere from england or something during the medieval times where he had this uh, 12 knights i think it was 12 knights and the problem is um, he had invited them for a dinner or lunch or something like that so he was in a dilemma how to place them in the dinner table because if he places anyone near him during the dinner they'll feel more important and the person at the end feels less important so what he did was he made a round table for them oh yeah. so everyone and, would get equal yeah importance. that is the basis of you have you seen this movie called ajuba by uh, amitabh bachchan's ajuba movie no. where he comes and pulls a, a sword? sword which is inside a stone so there is a stone which is dug inside the stone and it is said that uh, only the prince of this uh, nation can come and pull it out or something that story actually came from um, arthur story where he has this sword called excalibur right and the whole mission of arthur's knight was to go and find the holy grail 
It is mentioned in uh, Da Vinci Code. Oh yes, yes. Now I remember, yeah. but I don't remember about the round table. That thing. is not yeah, mentioned. Yeah, yeah. That is a different. That yes, is a different. This aspect. I remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the round table conference happened, but uh, Mahatma Gandhi he didn't attend the first one. But then uh, you know they they struck a deal where uh, it was like you know if you attend the second uh, this one round table conference, we'll give you. Uh, you know autonomy and stuff you know they promised a lot of things what is autonomy so, yeah, according to them yeah but uh, when he went to london uh, to attend this conference what happened was like they talked a lot about the minorities how to help the minorities and all those kind of stuff but they completely pushed away this autonomy thing mm-hmm. and just buried it underneath and uh, gandhi ji was not really happy but he had promised you know if they if he attends this you know he had promised that he would uh, that is stop the movement yeah that is such a waste of time and money right going to london those days were so was so difficult it was going in ship it would take like what weeks weeks mm. and he came back by the time it took a lot a lot of time right at least if he's staying for a day right just for the uh, conference and coming back it would take at least a month <laughs> yeah. that's the issue and by that time everything was gone here yeah uh, there was hindu muslim issues then yeah. the whole thing died down and i think that it. might have been a tactic by the britishers because mo- removing him from the indian scene for at least a month would give them some leverage here right yeah and uh, it it worked out but then uh, the britishers came up with the government act of 1935 which said that you know uh, will give uh, a lot of autonomy to all the uh, indian states but uh, it didn't make much of an impact if you look at it britishers were just going strong and uh, by 1940 Britain was uh, in war with Germany mm-hmm. the world war it, it broke out and they needed more resources and uh, manpower uh, in the form of soldiers so the whole thing just blew out of proportion again because uh, they had promised autonomy but now they want everything that they can get from india and uh, throw it at the war so again another political movement came to being which is called the quit india movement hmm. it started in 1942 but the major issue with this movement was that not many people were uh, you know supporting it uh, especially the hindu mahasabha rss then um, all india muslim league was like completely against this mm-hmm. then we had the communist party of india and also the princely states who were against this uh, this uh, quit india movement you know across the world no one was you know not really paying attention to this mm. but there was one person who was like you know telling the britishers to give uh, india f- uh, independence imagine who it would be all across easy from okay across the world in the sense that person is from some other place yeah he is a political leader he was the you know premier of a country the most important person in a country well soviet union no no no, no. premier so it's not united states because they have presidents no there. no no i meant like He is the most important Franklin person. Franklin Roosevelt. Yeah. Are you serious? He was telling the Britishers he had a talk with Winston uh, oh. Churchill it seems you know it's high time that you do something <laughs> about this. Right. But then again they got into the war and mm. he had to keep mum because well, he had he other issues. Yeah, Britishers. And uh, so yeah, the Quit India movement even though we study a lot about it in the textbooks it would not it was not that effective. Like if you look at all the movements which were started by Gandhi ji, right? Yeah, we know that it did bring about some changes but uh yeah was that the reason why the britishers leave india in 1947 my honest take on that yes it did make a big dent because gandhi ji was the first person who could come and uni- unite india 
um, as a nation and you know bring this feeling that you have to get the britishers out of india right see they were revolutionaries and everybody deserves um, you know a salute they have done their part they do deserve the yeah, credit exactly because um, in if you some if you in a summation right all those small small parts integrated and that is what resulted in them going away and all that so they do deserve a praise but that was more localized and you know restricted to certain communities areas and all that kind of stuff but gandhi ji's movement was on a much bigger scale right it inspired many others to also start was it effective is a question because his uh, his plan was a long term plan like if you do civil disobedience and if you do non violence i'm not condoning violence here i'm saying that if all his techniques would have taken a longer time and we can argue about it saying that whether he was a reason or not but then britishers were in a soup at that time already the world war had drained their resources india had actually become a headache for them to be honest so that is where i feel that that was the right time for them to just leave, leave. so yeah if they were not in a position in such a dire position i would have, i would say that they would have continued for a longer period yeah. of time And, and and again yeah that is an argument and we also don't know what gandhi ji might have done you know in the yeah, following years yeah about that well. um, you said that gandhi ji unified the whole country right even even after he unified everything if you look at quit india movement mm, there were like a lot yeah, of yeah. factions which was against it so this kind of led him to be disillusioned he didn't know like what to do after mm, this like mm. if you look at the independence time the time during independence he was against the division of india and pakistan but right. what happened he was not heard so he was kind of dis- disillusioned and by the time india got independence he was out of the political out of the political scenario mm. so that means and that if this had continued he would have probably you know yeah he was in uh, sabarmati ashram yeah. when all the thing went down the, you know all the issues happened during that again time. it is the same issue right okay if i go back to my statement where he united he created a united feeling and all that that might have might have been little shallow you know when it comes to different communities and all that the problem with india or some say it is blessing as well problem with india is that we have so many different cultures and different uh, aspects of society which makes it absolutely difficult to have a united country where everybody feel you know shares similar thoughts and stuff like that. even today right the the way indian states are divided are based on linguistic characteristics right and we know the difficulty we have seen when one person moves from one state to the other there are the, i'm not saying that it should not be there all the languages are great and you know we retain the culture and all but when it comes to a moment like independence people still had their personal agendas as well there this is properly summed up by one of the quotes uh, i'm going to quote something which i read the read about gandhi in uh, britannica you know encyclopedia so it says that gandhi had critics in his own country and indeed in his own party the liberal leaders protested that he was going too fast the young radicals complained that he was not going fast enough <laughs> the left wing politicians alleged that he was not serious about evicting the british or liquidating such vested indian interest as princes and landlords the leaders of the untouchables doubted his good faith as a social reformer and muslim leaders accused him of partiality to his own community <laughs> so this was a man who was cornered yeah. you know with all these issues coming from different factions of the society exactly and even in that kind of a place right he was able to achieve so many things right exactly that makes us understand that he was 
just a human mm. who was able to do a lot of things like us probably turning him him into a demigod is what the issue is it's our problem yeah like he did whatever he could right exactly and even uh, see many of these claims by different leaders and all that kind of stuff right it is an outcome of anything in the society you try to do something good everybody feels that oh this guy has some kind of agenda behind the scenes uh, even muslims feeling that you know he is being partial to hindus uh, to be honest when india and pakistan were divided right he is the person who made sure that even the wealth was divided as well yeah 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 that's something yeah. no one talks about exactly right? so that shows that he was not just concerned about his uh, society right yeah. he had concerns about every other society as well yeah so one more thing probably to end this i'm going to quote something that i read from britannica again um scholars have continued to judge gandhi's place in history he was the catalyst if not the initiator of three of the major revolutions of the tw- 20th century the movements against colonialism racism and violence so i'm pretty sure his legacy would live long and uh, uh, yeah if not for him probably we wouldn't have got independence you mm-hmm. know at that time 1947 so yeah that's it right yeah anything to add on well um you know i have seen people having mixed opinion about him right but if the whole nation is accepting him as the mahatma and father of nation he has done something yeah so i think we should just accept that 